How Eating Affects Your Sleep. Welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life Podcast, where we bring you the scientific and daily application of living the ketogenic lifestyle. We have helped hundreds reach their weight loss and health goals, but this is far more than that. We want to help you create real life change so that you can live the life God created you for. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin and Danae Davis. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Our Ketogenic Life podcast. Uh, and today we are continuing our talk on uh, November sleep. And uh, today we're going to talk about how food affects your sleep, either in a negative way or in a positive way. And a little bit about the physiology of how uh, food is affecting your sleep, whether you know it or not. But first, I uh, just want to let you know and remind you uh, that, um, you know, we have been doing the Archaeogenic Life podcast. I didn't realize that last week was our 100th episode. We should have done something special, but it just kind of creeped up on me. And uh, just to let you know that we are transitioning into a more a whole body approach as far as like uh, your lifestyle and your health. So it's not going to be just about ketogenic. Now there's going to be things about that in almost in every podcast that we talk about, but we're also going to be uh, incorporating other aspects of our uh, life into what a ketogenic life or what a healthy life should be like. And the things that we are use, and we try to simplify this with a lot of things is our four pillars of health. And we've talked about that in the past, which is, you know, a healing diet, exercise, uh, sleep, and prayer. So how those four things uh, interact and uh, different things that can affect those four things in your life uh, and how to try to maximize those things so that you can live the healthiest life that you can here and feeling as well as you can. So we just want to encourage you to uh, continue listening to this. We'll let you know when we transition to a new podcast, we'll be having a new name. Uh, we're going to be linking this podcast to that as well. So you'll be uh, informed, uh, but uh, uh, we look forward to that. Uh, we look forward to branching out. And again, if there's any other topics that you guys would love to talk about or know more about, we would love to hear from you. And uh, and uh, we can try to cover those in future episodes. And, do, and also want to let you know, uh, we are looking hopefully for our book to come out. Um, it's called Fit and 40 or Fit and Strong 40 and Beyond. Uh, and that's going to be out hopefully around Thanksgiving. Uh, we are uh, in the last processes of trying to get a book cover and the, the editing and all that kind of stuff that you have to do with a book. So that's coming out. So um, that might be something that'd be a great uh, stocking stuffer for somebody uh, just to kind of get uh, what uh, they can do to uh, uh, identify some areas in their life that they can maybe be changed so that as they age, uh, they can be uh, more fit and more strong than even when they were younger. Uh, so if you're interested in any of that, we'd love to um, uh, set you up with the correct information that when it comes out. So that's just something exciting that's happening to uh, around here right now. And I uh, just want to let you know that that, that 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 book hopefully will be coming out soon. But today we're going to talk about food. Uh, we're going to talk about food and sleep. 
that's two things that we all do. You know, each one of us, uh, no matter what kind of foods that we're eating or what kind of sleep schedule we, we're on, our body needs both of these. And uh, how can we maximize uh, our eating so that we can uh, sleep the best? You know, that's one of our four pillars of health. And we know that if we're not getting the right sleep, uh, or the right amount of sleep, the right type of sleep, you know, it's going to affect our health, you know, whether we think it or not. So today we're going to talk about food and how it affects your sleep. Um, that, now, the first thing I want you guys to understand is like, you know, if you're on the fence and if you've not made any changes, um, I want to, I just want to prepare you that anytime you change your diet, uh, anytime you change the foods that you're eating, you are going to change. Uh, it's going to affect your sleep. Uh, probably in a negative way at the beginning. Uh, just to let you know, your body's been used to a certain way of doing things. And if you make that change, uh, it's going to affect your sleep. Uh, so even if you're eating, a, uh, if you went from a terrible diet and now you're eating a healthy diet, uh, you may have some trouble sleeping to begin with. Uh, and uh, I just want to let you know that short term, uh, that will go away. Uh, your sleep will be better. So your food can affect um your sleep, um, and we're going to try to tell you how you can do that in a uh, positive uh, way. Now, when you eat, uh, if you've been a listener to us before, uh, when you eat, you know, your blood sugar uh, goes up. And that's just a natural response to what you're eating. And your natural body's response is to increase your insulin. Now, when your insulin is increased, uh, what happens is that kind of signals your wakefulness as far as your body is concerned. Uh, we're going to talk about melatonin in a little while, and I've read some places where you, uh, in some studies where they've shown that um, melatonin can help uh, lower the amount of insulin during the nighttime. You know, usually you don't need that during the nighttime. So uh, when you have uh, melatonin on board, it can help um, lower your insulin, and that's when you're in a fasting state. But when you're eating, your insulin is spiked. Uh, your insulin goes up, and it can signal for wakefulness. So your body uh, is not uh, preparing itself to go to sleep. You know, this is a process. If you listen to our podcast in the past, uh, you know, your sleep uh, is based on your, on your circadian rhythm. And that circadian rhythm starts in the morning. So you can kind of see with, with that, it, it, it goes into a wakefulness state, wakefulness state when you start eating. So eating... Uh, food will increase your insulin, which will uh, increase your wakefulness. Now, drinking. And now we're going to talk a little bit, uh, a couple of points about drinking, you know, fluids, you know, because that's part of your diet. That's part of eating. Uh, and that's part of, you know, what you're taking in. Now, obviously, if you're drinking a lot of fluids at nighttime, you're going to get up and have to go to the bathroom. You're going to have to urinate more, and that can disrupt your sleep. Uh, hopefully, that's a given. Uh, that's an obvious type thing. So if you are having that symptoms, you may uh, want to drink more during the day and not as much at nighttime uh, to help alleviate some of those problems. Now, a lot of people ask about alcohol. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, when I drink, uh, alcohol, I'm able to go to sleep better. You know, I can go to sleep and fall asleep better. But what you uh, will notice, uh, and if you can't notice this for yourself, but if you wear something like an aura ring, that's uh, O-U-R-A, and uh, you wear one every night, uh, it can. Do, uh, if you drink alcohol, it can disrupt your sleep, and the, and the ring uh, can signify some of that problems. I don't drink alcohol, uh, but I've read uh, other people who uh, wear, wear a ring, and uh, when they have... 
uh, over a limited amount of drinks, and it's different for everybody. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two, uh, but uh, their, their sleep is disrupted. And uh, the thing about alcohol is it can help you go to sleep, uh, but it doesn't help you stay asleep. And there's different hormones that are responsible for those different uh, aspects in your in your body. We're going to talk about uh, melatonin and tryptophan and things like that in a little bit later. But with alcohol, uh, it interferes with something called your GABA and your glutamate balance. Now, GABA, that's the G-A-B-A, uh, that is uh, a hormone that is associated with like sleep and rest. And glutamate is more of an excitatory uh, type hormone. So you, your body has this balance between those two. And initially when you drink alcohol, what happens is you increase your GABA. And that's the sleepful and wakefulness. But what happens is that increase in GABA wears off during the nighttime. And then you get a rebound effect uh, with increased glutamate. Uh, during the night and that's the excitatory hormone and if you wear an aura ring you can you can see uh, that your sleep patterns are disrupted if you drink uh, more alcohol than uh, than uh, your body can uh, compensate for so you know you may be thinking that alcohol can help you sleep uh, but it's not going to give you the restful sleep that you need to have so you need to be aware of that um, now, the next thing as far as like with uh, uh, fluids is uh, caffeine. Uh, caffeine is something uh, that um, some people are more sensitive to than others. There's some genetics that you can check and see if you're a fast or slow metabolizer as far as um, your uh, caffeine intake. Now, when we talk about your how it affects your genetics is like uh, it usually does it by the half-life, meaning that, you know, if your half-life is, you know, uh, six hours and you drink uh, 100 milligrams of caffeine in six hours you're going to have 50 milligrams of caffeine and six hours later you're going to have 25 milligrams of caffeine so you if you are a slow metabolizer of ca uh, caffeine uh, then you want to make sure you check your genetics um, now the way that this works is with caffeine is it blocks something called adenosine and adenosine is something that builds up during the day uh, and it makes you sleepy and if you have a certain genetic disorder, it's called a DORA2 uh, genetic SNP, um, then you can have a, a defect in the way that this works. And uh, if you're drinking a lot of caffeine, you're blocking this adenosine, which builds up during the day and is supposed to be making you sleepy by the end of the day at nighttime to help you go to sleep. So you may be thinking that you can get by with caffeine. You may be thinking that oh, it's no problem. I've done it all my life. But what I've noticed in myself and I've noticed in other clients that we have is that uh, with the uh, caffeine intake, uh, it can really disrupt your sleep. Uh, so if you are having problems sleeping, uh, that's an easy way to kind of like go to something caffeine free. Uh, personally, I try to not have any caffeine between four and five o'clock in the evening. Uh, and I know that's kind of like my cutoff point as far as uh, me being able to go to sleep. Now, the other thing is with food, and this is a common thing that we uh, talk about with a lot of people, is eating light. Um, a lot of people think that they have to have uh, a snack or something like that before they go to bed. 
you know, and, and uh, there's been studies back and forth. Um, I, I'm in the camp that it's more of uh, it does lead to weight gain because of what it does to your hormones. Uh, there's other people in other camps who say it doesn't have anything to do with weight gain, just how many total calories you have during the day. But my question a lot is with uh, late time eating is, you know, what are you eating? Um, a lot of times this is mindless eating. And it's not necessarily uh, something that's healthy. Uh, most people don't go and eat uh, something healthy like some carrots or some broccoli or something like that. Usually it's something like uh, with fat and carbs. And that's usually what you're craving at nighttime. And we're going to talk about ghrelin here in a second, uh, which is your hunger hormone. But a lot of times when you're eating at nighttime, it's not something that's very healthy for you. You know, if you are hungry at nighttime, uh, sometimes it's okay to eat. Uh, I have clients who when I first start off with them, um, we do uh, a lot of fasting and we do targeted fasting as far as certain hours. And one of the questions I get a lot is, you know, what about uh, if I quit eating at five or six o'clock, but then, uh, or, um, or the other question they have is what if I'm not hungry at five or six o'clock and that's when I'm supposed to eat and uh, I get hungry later. Well, what I tell them is we have to play this, uh, uh, by trial and error. And what I mean by that, it's it's different for everybody. You know, sometimes when people first start off, uh, you know, they may not be hungry at five or six and they may not eat anything, but it gets, you know, eight or nine o'clock at nighttime and they get really hungry and they can't sleep because they're so hungry. Then we go ahead and have them eat something. You know, that's learning your body. And as time goes on, your body can change with that. And then, you know, some people will not be hungry at five or six. They won't eat anything at that time and they're not hungry at eight or nine and they do fine and they go to bed so it's just a it's a trial and error it's not something that's set in stone for everybody for uh each and every night uh we're all going to uh you know make mistakes in our judgment as far as like our hungry and whether we should eat or not at some point so don't beat yourself up if you do uh uh, have to eat something at nighttime because you missed this evening meal because you weren't hungry. That's okay. But what we're talking about here is a continuing eating at nighttime before you go to bed and then laying down to go to sleep. You know, my question is: is it a, are you or is it a habit or are you hungry? You know, if if you're hungry, uh, then you can probably eat something healthy. You know, it's probably something that you can eat like. You know, even if you need some carbs, like some broccoli or some carrots or something like that, uh, nuts are a good option as well. Uh, so if, if you're hungry, you're hungry. But if it's a habit, you just have to break that habit. And with with any kind of habit that you have, it's kind of difficult to break it at first. Uh, but once you get kind of through the process of, of getting out of the routine of doing that, it gets much easier to do that. So we, we talked about ghrelin just a minute ago. Uh, ghrelin is your hunger hormone. Uh, hunger hormone uh, spikes during the day, and it's usually you know around midday, and it's usually around seven or eight is the highest spikes that I've seen on the studies that I've looked at. So we've got a natural increase in, in ghrelin. Now the other thing with ghrelin is it is kind of like your body learns your, uh, your rhythm, like we talked about your circadian rhythm. So if you if you continue to eat around the same time every day, you're going to get that hunger spike during that time. So if you continue to snack at nighttime, you may get those hunger spikes between seven and eight o'clock. And I find that that's usually a hard time for people to get by. I know personally, if I am, um, uh, in the evening watching you know a basketball game or something like that usually 
uh, I do get hungry around seven or eight o'clock, and that's usually when your when your ground is spiking. And what I've learned that if I can get through till eight fifteen or eight twenty, then I'm usually I'm not hungry. You know, the rest of the night I'm not hungry. So it's one of those things. This again, it's trial and error. You know, if you um, if you go by and you know if, uh, if it's eight o'clock and you're hungry and you don't eat anything, but it gets to be eight thirty nine o'clock and you're still hungry and you really really uh, feel like you need to eat something, then go ahead. Um, but then you'll have to prepare next time so that you won't get to that point by eating something a little bit earlier. So there are some um, other hormones that can affect your hunger, and we have to be aware of those things. And if we're aware of them, then we can uh, kind of manipulate them to our advantage. So the other thing is with uh, with your uh, eating in your sleep is the kind of foods that you're having. Now, um, you need to have melatonin to help you sleep. Uh, melatonin is a hormone that's uh, secreted in your pineal gland in your brain. And um, the, 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 if you back up from melatonin, melatonin is uh, uh, made from uh, serotonin, and serotonin is made from tryptophan. Now, tryptophan is uh, amino acid that is uh, probably most, well, Thanksgiving's coming up. It's mostly come, uh, associated with uh, turkey. So uh, turkey has tryptophan in it, and tryptophan was uh, made into serotonin, which is made into uh, melatonin, which helps you sleep. So that's where people get, they feel tired after, or sleepy after a Thanksgiving meal. Personally, I think it's because they eat too much uh, food and they need to have body rest. But anyway, that's another side point. So, you know, eating the right kinds of foods is going to be paramount as far as getting uh, the right hormone uh, balance so that you can sleep. So um, uh, make sure that you are getting enough of these amino acids during the day so that you can get the right amount of hormones to help you sleep. And the last thing we'll talk about is how your gut affects uh, your sleep. Now, there are so many things, and this is one of the reasons that we are kind of like delving in, into uh, more of, of not just ketogenic, but just your overall uh, health and how you feel, because your gut is a source of a lot of uh, problems that we have. Uh, you know, it can cause a lot of inflammation. It can cause a lot of uh, what we call leaky gut, where, you know, things get into your system because it's not... Um, uh, fortified that wall that barrier that doesn't it's not supposed to allow things in is kind of like disrupted and your body absorbs things that it shouldn't and a lot of the things that we have to think about with your sleep is uh, it's related to your gut uh you know with uh, serotonin and things like that you know it's produced in your gut uh they're saying up to 95 percent of that so your gut mind relation uh relationship is paramount uh to your overall health and i think it's also over over all to your sleep as well because there's a lot of disruption that can happen in the gut if you're eating a lot of processed foods and a lot of sugars and things like that then what's going to happen is you're going to get more inflammation in your gut uh, which can lead to a cascade of problems with your insulin and your sugar and things like that and then what i found too is uh, a lot of people who eat uh, late at night time uh, with their gut uh, they have associated heartburn, uh, they have uh, bloating, and it kind of makes their sleep pattern uh, disrupted. So when you're eating, uh, if you eat late at nighttime, 
and your body is absorbing uh, this food, it has to process this food. And, uh, you know, I have so many people uh, that wake up at two, three o'clock in the, in the morning and uh, they tell me that they, um, you know, they just wake up. They can't go to sleep. Uh, they may or may not have any GI issues. And uh, more often than not, it's amazing how many times this happens is um, the first question I ask, I think about six hours before whenever they're getting up, like if they're waking up at three, I ask, well, what did you eat around nine o'clock? And it's always something that they've eaten. They've eaten something. And then that's just your body's way of processing the food. So just because you eat and then go to bed, your body, you know, you're making your body work at nighttime. You're not being able to let your gut rest. You're not being able to go into the, uh, what we call the autophagy where your body's repairing itself. So when you're eating late at nighttime, it can affect your gut, uh, which affects other hormones, which affects uh, really your overall health and uh, in a way that um, the, the body repairs itself. So you want to be mindful of not just, um, you know, with the weight gain as far as like with eating uh, at nighttime, uh, but there's so many other things that uh, go into play as far as like being able to have the optimal health. So we talked about, you know, uh, I mentioned autophagy and that's when your body is kind of repairing itself. And that in the times that this happens is when your insulin level goes down. If you have high insulin level, it turns off the autophagy. Your body has to be concerned with the food that you that you eaten that night. It it can't go into the repair mode. So it's either in the re, in the processing mode or it's in the repairing mode. So at nighttime, we want it to be in the repairing mode. We want the hormones that need to be uh, secreted, like your growth hormone and things like that, to be. Um, uh, secreted so that you, your body can do the things that it needs to do and not be concerned with uh, processing, you know, um, the popcorn in the, in the um, chocolate chip cookies that you ate uh, at nine o'clock. So that's why I think it's important that we kind of turn off our food intake at least three hours before we go to bed uh, so that our body can process the food, you know, uh, before we go to bed. And then also it can repair your body during the nighttime. So I think that's probably the most important thing that that you need to take away from this podcast today. So to wrap this up, what do you need to do? Uh, You don't... uh, The things I recommend is not eating three hours before you go to bed. So if you go to bed at 10 o'clock, you know, make seven o'clock your cutoff point as far as when you're eating. If you do need to eat something, if you're mistaken and you are hungry, uh, make sure you get some protein. Uh, Nuts are a good uh, combination. And it doesn't take a lot of those because they're pretty much calorie dense. Uh, So don't take the whole can with you and sit on the couch and eat half a can of of nuts. Just get you a couple handfuls and that usually that will kind of like curb your hunger. Uh, During the daytime, number three, you need to make sure that you're getting enough protein, especially the amino acids, which we talked about are the building blocks for your melatonin Uh, make sure that you're getting those into your diet and if you are fasting uh, which is uh, something that we recommend for almost everybody uh, you need to do it correctly and what I mean by that is you don't need to be eating less calories 
because if you're not eating enough calories uh, and what because you're not getting therefore you're not getting enough nutrients uh, then your body's going to have a hard time sleeping make sure that you get enough calories during the daytime in whatever window of eating that you have so that your body is not hungry at nighttime and needing those calories uh, for like your thyroid hormone, your testosterone, and everything else that your body needs uh, to properly function. So hopefully this helps give you some insight as far as food and how it affects your sleep. Uh, it's a complicated but simple thing. So you can break, we can break it down to those simple things that we can just follow. And uh, hopefully that's giving you some insight as far as what you're doing and how it maybe can improve your sleep. So let's turn our attention to our catechisms. Uh, today, our catechism is what is righteousness? And it's, it is God's goodness. You know, uh, God's goodness, uh, whether we realize it or not, is something that we just experience. Um, you know, God is good to us. The things that we, um, we deserve, uh, we don't get. Um, you know, all of us are sinners. <clears throat> all of us don't deserve uh, to have a heavenly father who died on the cross uh, for our sins, but he did, and he did that for us. And it's God's goodness, not anything from, uh, from us uh, that uh, we should have, but we should give all glory and, and honor to him uh, because he's a good and righteous God. So hopefully that's helped, guys. Uh, again, our book is hopefully be coming out in the end of uh, November. This is 2021, depending on when you're listening to this. But uh, we look forward to helping you uh, try to live the best life that you can here while we're here on Earth and uh, feel the best that you can, <clears throat> knowing that uh, we have a better place to go, uh, hopefully, uh, if we made that decision to follow Christ. You guys remember to be fit and be faithful. Reach out if you have any questions and have a blessed week. This podcast is for informational purposes only. No patient-provider relationship is implied or established. This podcast in no way represents the practice of medicine. The information given is to be used at the listener's own risk. Please consult your provider before making any changes, as the contents of this podcast is no substitution for your provider's instruction.